satisfied with just a cottage below, a little silver and a little gold. But in that city where the ransom will shine, I want a gold one that silver. on the second, though often tempted, tormented and tested, and like a prophet, my pillow a stone, and though I find here no permanent dwelling, I know he'll give me a mansion Just a pilgrim in search of a city. I want a mansion, a harp and a crown. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop in that bright land where we'll never roll. And someday. Turn to page 532 in times like these. You need a Savior, amen. In times like these, you need a Savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. Be very sure. Yes, 
times like these, you need the Bible, amen, in times like these. Oh, be not idle, be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds and grips the solid rock, this rock is Jesus, yes, he's the one, this rock is Jesus, the only one, be very sure, be very sure, your anchor holds and grips the solid rock. In times like these, I have a Savior. If you have a Savior tonight, let's sing it like we mean it. Amen. In times like these, I have a Savior. Good glory in times like these. I have an anchor. I'm very sure. I'm very sure. My anchor holds and grips the solid rock. This rock is Jesus. Six six nine, throw out the lifeline. Page six hundred and sixty nine. Throw out the lifeline across the dark wave. There is a brother whom someone should save. Somebody's brother. Sooner them out where the dark waters roll. Grow 
soon will the season of rescue be o'er. Soon will they drift to eternity shore. He's then my brother, no time for delay, but throw out the lifeline and save them today. Throw out the lifeline, throw out the lifeline, someone is drifting away. seated. All right, take your prayer list if you would, and uh, let's give some testimonies to what the Lord has done. Praise the Lord. 80 in attendance this morning, best count we could get, and uh, praise the Lord for... Anita's scholarship that just solved a lot of problems and uh, answered some prayers there. Um, we've been praying for Susie Ting for several years. She just had uh, brain surgery, I guess, this past week and uh, in the Philippines, and things went very well as far as we know. Uh, another, uh, I guess, how, does anybody know how close... How many times she has, I mean, it's been like the doctors have given up hope and they say, well, we're going to do this surgery, we're going to do this procedure. She has been literally living at death's door for the last three years and uh, has come through another surgery, so we praise the Lord for that. Uh, just want to praise the Lord. Uh, we've talked about the uh, May offering at Heartland. Our church was able to uh, give a good amount to that offering. Which isn't a lot when you consider the total offering, but everybody doing it, we met the goal of $650,000 offering for Heartland Baptist Bible College. And uh, I thought this was rather, uh, uh, it was oh ye of little faith, I guess, on my part. They wanted $400,000 in cash uh, to put in the bank last week. And uh, uh, we took the offering Wednesday morning. And uh, they hadn't totaled everything up, but the main totals um, were just a few thousand dollars short. When we got to the evening service, they only needed $1,200 in cash to make up the, uh, the balance. And uh, Brother Davidson said, we're going to take an offering, and the first $1,200 cash comes in. We're going to finish off the offering, and uh, so the goals were met. And we uh, praise the Lord. The reason why uh, we're dealing with that, they... The school needs about $300,000 uh, just to get through uh, the summer months because there's no students. Guess what? No income. And so there are salaries that have to be paid. Many of the renovation projects uh, that the school is trying to do, uh, if they don't get them done during the summer, it's kind of hard to renovate a dormitory with students in it. Right, Anita? Uh, that would not be nice. And so uh, a lot of those bills have to be paid. And uh, uh, some of you remember the picture we had of the new chapel uh, rendering, the building they want to build. Um, we are a quarter of the way, $500,000 in the bank as of the offering week uh, toward the building of that building. 
and uh, the entire cost of the building is about $3 million. Uh, it's a big place. They want to have a, just to give you an idea, our auditorium, uh, they claim this thing seats 400 people. It doesn't. Uh, uh, probably about 275, 300, unless we just pack everybody in. They're trying to build an auditorium that's going to seat 1,300 people. So that kind of gives you an idea of the size of the place. It's, it's easily twice the size, almost three times the size of this building. And uh, so just uh, well, praise the Lord. Uh, the meeting had a good spirit. Nobody's in a hurry to move any dirt. Uh, they want to get $2 million in the bank before they turn the first state. And that's a good uh that's a good attitude on the part of the directors and the, and the president and the leadership there at the school. Uh, I don't like to see people just bite at the bit. Oh, we got to, we got to, we got to, because you get in a rush, that's when you get into a mess. And uh, so I love the spirit that's on campus and uh, some of the best preaching. Um, uh, what, uh, I've used this before. I'm going to plagiarize the best and sermonize the rest, all right? And uh, so... Uh, don't worry, Anita. By the time I'm done with it, you know, even the preacher that preacher w preached it wouldn't recognize it. All right. So, uh, but we'll uh, enjoy that. So, those are uh, some of the praises that we have. Any others to add to the list? Uh, Mariana. Okay. All right. Yes, we'll keep. Anything else? Brother Franz? Okay, Teddy. Amen. Praise the Lord. Doreen. When he is old, he will not depart from it. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for mothers. All right, Anita.
Amen. Praise the Lord. That is an answer to prayer. How many of you remember Dr. Wilson when he was here in 2000? Um, I was actually standing in the lobby there at uh, Heartland and uh, talking with Brother Clayton. I turned around there. Mrs. Wilson was standing. Uh, she will be 91 years old in just a few weeks, and uh, I was able to take her out to lunch. And that was just a wonderful time to be able to spend some time. It's, uh, it's just a... I'll tell you, you, you stop and you think about all of the things that God does. And uh, I sat there watching those kids walk the line, realizing that uh, it was 20 years ago. This week, I walked the line. Uh, there was only about uh, three quarters of what I am now was there then. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, was a, uh, it was a completely different world back then. I'm glad you guys didn't know me then. And uh, and Lord knows what he's done. I'm glad my wife didn't know me then. She'd never become my wife. But uh, uh, the Lord knows what he's doing. Amen? And it's a wonderful privilege just to serve him. Any others before we go to the Lord in prayer? Just praises right now. We'll take care of prayer requests in a little bit. But just things to thank the Lord for. Uh, Peter. Amen. That's a good way of looking at life. His way is always best. Even if we don't like it, it's always best. You just got to get your liker fixed. Amen. George. Amen. All right. Getting good. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for all the things that you have done. We thank you for the wonderful testimonies tonight. And Lord, we thank you that they are many and varied. And Lord, they're just evidence of the unseen hand of God moving in every situation. Lord, we just praise your name. For uh, Anita's father finally just stepping back and taking a little pressure off of her. Lord, we pray, we, we just thank you for that. We praise your name. We praise your name for the work that you are doing in the lives of people assembled here in this room. Lord, we're, we're thankful that we didn't have to talk about things that happened five years ago. 
or things that we hope will happen in the future, but things that you have done this very week in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, we praise you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I said. All right, let's uh, do one more hymn, uh, 317. Let's all stand up, grab your hymn book. What a friend we have in Jesus, amen. No better friend. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, is often forfeit, oh, what needless pain we Still our refuge, take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise for Again, we'd encourage those that do play instruments to bring them on Sunday night, and we'll try to, if we have to, we'll just move some pews over there and set up a little orchestra pit. That would be a neat little thing to have. And so uh, let's uh, work on that. Let's pray about that. I know there's some instruments out there that aren't making their way in. And uh, now, if you play the radio, don't bring that, all right? Um, somebody said, well, they pick a banjo, and uh, no, don't, we're not going to go there, amen? Uh, I told the marshals they need to make a tape just picking and put a big handkerchief on the front, but uh, Jonathan and Matthew have never decided to do that for some strange reason. Uh, let's get to something serious here, and uh, what we're going to try to do, by God's grace, is finish last week's sermon. We talked about what God does with our sin, and we've been going through, we got through seven of them last week, and I hope we can get through the last seven uh, this week. Uh, there's only 14 points to this sermon, and um, believe it or not, I have gotten through the entire thing on one night, but uh, 
I don't think anybody remembered anything we did, so we're going to just slow it down. Uh, this is where we've been. I'm just going to read you some verses and give you the word, and then we're going to keep moving on uh, so we can get to the ones tonight. The Lord has atoned for our sins, Romans 5.11, and not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Jesus became the sacrifice of our sins, 2 Corinthians 5.21, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He bore our sins, 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bare our sins in his own excuse me, in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. He has cleansed us. 1 John 1, 7, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our sins, verse 9, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us for all un, from all unrighteousness. God condemns sin. Uh, Romans 8, 3, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. We probably spent more time on this one than any other. God forgives sin. Amen? Him hath God exalted with His right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. The last one we dealt with was Galatians 1, 4, who gave himself for our sins. He gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Now let's turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10. Book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 12. And this is where we're going to start the second set of seven. It says, "By But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. The next thing that God did with our sins, he atoned, he became, he bore, he cleanses, he condemns, he forgives, he gave, he offered himself, he offered it says here, one sacrifice for sins forever. And we go back to the first word, that atonement, the idea of rolling back. There was one payment made for sins. This is one of the problems with, with many of the religions that are around today. They believe that they can make uh, installment payments on their sins. Is I'll go to church on Sunday and I'll... Uh, confess these sins and I'll do what he says the priest says to take care of these sins and, and that's another installment on my debt for sins God does not want installments because he does not want the penalty remember if you're carrying that penalty that burden for your sin and you die where do you go you go to hell you don't make heaven how many sins does it take to send you to hell Aren't you glad God hates installment plans? I mean, what if you died halfway through your payment schedule? Not paid for now, is it? That's a scary thought. And yet we have people and religions and entire religious systems that are built 
on this idea that you can pay for them a little bit at a time. I so I got hooked into showing up at it was actually a cultic Bible study. Uh, just to warn you, if any of you ever hear of this organization called New York City Church of Christ, run the other way. I, I mean, literally, run the other way. Uh, these people are unbelievable. There is not one Bible doctrine that is not thoroughly and totally perverted by these people. They have little houses all through New York City. There are literally tens of thousands of young people, young single people in New York City that are sucked into this thing and they'll, they'll put you in a, a little safe house. To, uh, I met this guy and he said, well, I'll come to your Bible study if you'll come to mine. I said, okay, I'll go. I don't do that anymore. I said, listen, you want to come to church, you can come to church, but I'm not going to hear your mess. And uh, anyway, the guy who was leading the Bible study after making several comments about, I'm glad you've come to me to instruct you in the Word, uh, I decided, well, you know, I think I better set this little dude straight. And uh, I said, I didn't come for you to instruct me. I said, but let me ask you a question. I said, uh, let's say that uh, I'm not feeling very spiritual tonight, and I decide to push all your buttons and just get you hot get you angry. I mean, really just cook your goose. And, I, and the problem was he was already about three quarters of the way there. Uh, it was not such a hypothetical after all. And, and uh, I, I, was, I said, now let me just say, I, I get you all upset at me. I said, isn't that sin? And calm down a little bit and say, yeah. I said, now, let's say that I'm, I'm just totally out of what I ought to be doing. I just keep twisting and getting into, you're so angry at me, you can't even stand to be in the room here. And you go running out of here and you get in your car and you go down 2nd Avenue driving 70 miles an hour because you're just so angry at me and bam, you're in an accident, you're in eternity. Do you go to heaven or do you go to hell? I said, you haven't had time to confess your sins like you said you did. I said, you left here angry, that was sin. You got in your car and you were speeding, that was sin. You didn't try to resolve the problem, that was sin. You're, you're, uh, you went through the stoplight, that was sin. You killed another human being and yourself, that's double murder. I mean, how can we get any worse than that? And he hung his head and he said, I guess I'd go to hell. I said, that's the problem with your religion. He said, the Bible says here, that he offered one sacrifice for sin forever. Then he really got mad at me. Because, see, when you hold on to false doctrine, you'll end up hating the truth. I promise you that. You cannot grab a hold of false doctrine and still love the truth. You, you will hate it. And that is one of the signs of apostasy. That is one of the signs of, of the corruption of your mind and heart by false doctrine. And we just got to come to the Bible. Here's what God did with your sin. He offered one sacrifice forever. Amen? You say, but you don't know how bad I feel. Oh, well, now, wait a minute. We're dealing with two different things. 
you ought to feel bad when you sin. Amen? You ought not feel good about it. But the thing you have to remember is your feelings have nothing to do with the payment. God has forgiven us because he offered, in the words of Abraham, God shall offer himself, shall provide himself. I'll get the right word, provide himself a sacrifice. Hadn't happened yet. The book of Hebrews is talking past tense. Jesus did offer a, one sacrifice for sin forever and is sat down at the right hand of God. Amen? Isn't that a wonderful thought? Now, this is one of my favorite Bible words. Let's turn to 1 John 2.2. 2. It's not found in your Bible very often. And it's a word that we do not use very much at all. But we need to understand what it means. 1 John 2.2. 2. And he is... Now, you see that great big word there? The proper way to enunciate that word is propitiation. And uh, you'll, you'll get some people say propitiation, but it's, no, it's propitiation. It's almost like an SH in there. That is the word that we're going to deal with. Jesus propitiated. He is the propitiation, the finished act for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That word propitiation is a word that is uh, used primarily in the Scripture. You are not going to hear uh, the word propitiation when you go down to the bank to finally pay a loan because the word propitiation really has nothing to do with that. There's an idea of payment in there. But if we examine the words here, how is Jesus the propitiation for our sins? Well, yes, he's the payment. But let's take it a step deeper if we could. To whom was the debt owed? The debt was owed to God the Father, amen? Amen. Our, debt, our sin debt is owed to God. And Jesus is, by the way, can you say it? God. So here we have God the Father sending God the Son to make the payment to God the Father for what us sinners have done to in, 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 uh, engulf ourselves in debt toward God. Now, that's why you're not going to hear this term on Wall Street. Because when you borrow money, they want it paid uh, with interest. Now, what God did was he said, you can't pay the debt. I will pay the debt myself. That's what the word propitiation really means. It means God sent his son to pay the debt for our sins so that we could be free. God initiated the payment that took care of our sins because only He could die. You and I can die, 
But it will take you all eternity in a place called hell to accomplish what Jesus did one afternoon on Calvary's Hill. You got to keep that in mind because this is what this word propitiation entails. God initiated the payment that we owed to him so that his books could be satisfied. You know, this is one of the reasons I reject the religion of Islam. It's a joke. Because all you, you do the best you can and Allah has the choice to either judge you for your sins or sweep them under the carpet. There's no payment for sin in the book of Islam. There, there's nothing that is done. And by the way, what kind of perverse God would invent the Islamic idea of heaven? Sounds like a dirty old man's idea of heaven, doesn't it? Which, by the way, Muhammad was. Now, that's a death penalty right there, according to the Islamic religion. Uh, they would issue a fatwa against me for saying that Muhammad was a dirty old man. But he was. He was a vile human being. He was a murderer. Uh, you cannot, I mean, there's all, there are very few of human vices that if you don't open up the history books, you won't find Muhammad was guilty of them. And yet he claims to be a greater prophet than Jesus Christ. Don't understand that. There's no idea of propitiation in the religion of Islam. In fact, by the way, most Protestant churches don't believe in propitiation today. They believe in that same thing. You do the best you can and God is love and he'll take care of it. God did take care of it. That's what the word propitiation is all about. It was taken care of on the cross. It was paid for. God was completely and totally satisfied with the suffering of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it says that he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Romans 3.25, whom God has sent forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. This idea of propitiation is an incredible deal. God, to whom the debt was owed, initiated the payment that our sin debt could be paid in full. That's propitiation. You're not going to find that anywhere except in this book called the Bible. Because there is no man who would dream that the God to whom our sins would owe, are owed would pay the debt for us, man's thought processes stop with the idea that I have to do something. Wrong. You're incapable of doing anything. There's nothing you can do to pay for your sin except go to hell forever. And the idea forever is because you'll never be done paying for it. If you want an installment plan, there's one there. It lasts for all eternity. And uh, let me tell you, it's a really bad deal. Uh, take propitiation. Amen. Let's look at another word. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17.
It says, Wherefore in all things it behooved him, Jesus Christ, to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful priest, high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. This is the next thing God has done with our sins. He has reconciled. Now, I think we have Rowena works at a bank, and I know Tammy works in accounting. You guys understand the word reconcile. If you come up one penny short on a $5 million account, are you allowed to just take a penny out of your pocket and put it into the account? Now, you go to jail for those things, don't you? Uh, we joke about the accountant. You know, you go to the math class in second grade, 2 plus 2 equals 4. You go to the advanced math class in, in high school, 2 plus 2 equals 22. And then you go to the college math class for the CPA. And you say, what's 2 plus 2 equal? And it says, anything you need it to. Uh, it doesn't work that way in real life, right? When you reconcile your books, they have to be in absolutely perfect agreement. Now, I've met many people over the years when they reconcile their checking account, they just balance adjustment and put it in there and it goes. Uh, God doesn't do things that way. He sent Jesus to be the propitiation, the God-ordained originated payment for the debt that's owed to God to reconcile to make reconciliation. Do you know God has every sin that every human being ever sinned written down in his books? Every sin. Could you imagine how big those books are? Just think about your book. I don't like think about my book. And when you get saved, he reconciles that book. He goes back through every entry, paid in full with the blood of Jesus. Paid in full with the blood of Jesus. How would you like to be the angel with that stamp? Boom, 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 boom. Line entry, line entry. Maybe he lets him do it a page at a time. I don't know. Um, but stop and think about that idea of reconciliation. It is to be made right. God brings us into his presence as if we had never sinned once because every sin has been reconciled in his book. And when the old accuser of the brethren, when the old devil comes up and says, you ought to see what that guy did. He's supposed to be a preacher. God opens the book and says, that debt's paid. What are you bringing that stuff up for? Isn't that a wonderful thought? It's reconciled through the blood of Jesus Christ. Romans 3.25, we just read the verse, whom God has sent forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Remission. Now, We've had several that have dealt with cancer. There's one word you want to hear from your doctor. That word is remission. The cancer is in remission. That means the cancer's dead. It's no longer killing you. 
and you will have the opportunity to live. Sin is like a cancer. Sin does not come by itself. It may start small. One of these days I'm going to preach a sermon. Sin comes in six packs. And, uh, and it does at the beer store, right? Uh, you, sin, you can't just pick one sin. It brings its friends with it. And they, you think you're dealing with just this one sin, but you're not. You're dealing with, uh, you know, it's like the horror movies. The big octopus comes up and it wraps one tentacle around you and you chop it off and then the next one comes. And you try And before too long, our hero uh, is uh, now a tasty meal for the giant beast at the bottom of the sea. Uh, that's the way sin works. It says that... He is a propitiation through faith in his blood. We believe his blood is the payment. You know, if you went to the doctor and the doctor said, I have this cure for cancer and you refuse to take it, whose fault would it be that you died? Certainly not the doctor's. Now, if he lies to you, and gives you water in that bottle instead of whatever medication, then that's his problem. But it says, through faith in his blood, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins. How many stories could we give of people who were being killed by sin? The sins of addiction. The sins of the putrefaction of the mind. The sins of anger. The sins of... All of these things down deep in your soul. Hey, declare his righteousness for the remission. What's God say? He wants to cover us with his righteousness. That's the breastplate of righteousness. Remember the armor of God last, last summer with Brother Cassidy and all that fun we had with that? Uh, we'll have to just do that same thing over again sometime. I don't know when, but... Uh, uh, the, the whole idea, we'll just get a new new recruit because Brother Ted's been trained now, right? But uh, listen, God wants to put sin in remission in your life. That doesn't mean that you might not have a problem here and there, but it's not going to sin when it is finished, bringeth forth what? Death. He puts sin in remission. We've got three more here in ten minutes, okay? I love this verse, Psalm 103:12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Now, we've been through this verse. I love this verse. He removed our sin. Amen? Now, I'm glad he didn't say as far as the north is from the south. Because if we got in some type of vehicle and begin heading north. There is going to come a time, if we were on an airplane, I think it would probably take us somewhere between 8 and 12 hours flying time, uh, we would reach a point to where we could no longer go north. Every place we moved, we would be heading south. It's called the North Pole. 
And by the way, there is not a pole there. Santa Claus doesn't have his castle there. Um, it's a big piece of ice. And there is a North Pole. You can't see it, but your compass will see it. Because the moment you step onto the North Pole, it won't point north anymore. It doesn't matter where you go. That compass is pointing south. You can step in any direction. Talk about sitting in a round, going into a round room and trying to sit in a corner. There you go. Guess what? That happens again when you get to the South Pole. By the way, they do have a pole at the South Pole. Somebody put one up. And it's got can looks like a candy cane with a gold ball on top. And I mean, it's, it's there at the South Pole. And, and when you get to the South Pole, uh, same thing, only opposite. You, you cannot go any direction. You will be heading north. Now, aren't you glad God said your sins as far as the east is from the west? How many people have ever watched a space shuttle take off on television or something? This space shuttle. Do you know how fast the space shuttle goes? It travels about 22 to 23 times the speed of sound. Now, you take 716 miles per hour speed of sound at sea level, multiply that by 23 times. That's pretty fast. I mean, that's really fast. In fact, in the space shuttle, you can cross the entire continental United States in less than three minutes from New York to L.A. That's fast, isn't it? And when that space shuttle goes up, it is normally heading either east or west in an orbit around the Earth. And after it goes around the entire globe, 40, 50, sometimes 100 times during one mission, and it comes back and lands on Earth, it's still headed the same direction it did when it took off. If it took off heading east, guess what? It's still heading east when it lands. You can't turn something that fast around without blowing it up. <laughs> You've got to keep it going. And if it's heading east, it's still heading east, you would think that eventually they would get to the west, right? Wrong. Because east and west never meet. There's no such thing as a pole. If you're heading east, 400 million miles later, guess what? You're still heading east. That's how far God removed your sins from you. Suffered. 1 Peter 3.18, For Christ also hath once suffered for our sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. Uh, uh, people, when I deal with unsaved people, often one of their first questions is, well, why does a God who's supposed to be love allow so much suffering? Because of sin. Think of what a world it would be if there was no suffering for sin. If you could go out and do anything you wanted, say anything you wanted, and never once be hindered by a feeling of guilt, never once watch somebody else suffer and struggle because of what you've done to them or what they've done to you, 
Could you imagine how unrestrained this world would be if there were no suffering for sin? And by the way, it's always the innocent that suffer for sin. It's not the guilty. How many stories do you hear about the drunk? They, they just had one this week. Flip the car over on the FDR drive or something like that. Killed at least two or three people and he was taken into custody. He said, well, well he'll, he'll suffer in his mind for the rest of his life. He won't suffer in his mind anywhere near what those poor families that had the funerals last week are going to suffer. The innocent always suffer for sin. Jesus proved that beyond any shadow of a doubt. There's no human being that has gone through as much suffering as he did on the cross because his suffering was not physical. It was. That's the thing I hate about that Mel Gibson movie out there. It, everything is physical. has nothing to do with the real pain and agony and suffering of the cross where Jesus cried out in the darkness, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken? You want suffering. That's where the suffering of Jesus was. As he bore our sins before a holy God and had God turn his back on the Son. Last one, John 1, 29, testimony of John the Presbyterian. Amen. No, uh, it was John uh, the Methodist. John the Lutheran. Wasn't John the Catholic, though I have seen St. John the Catholic Baptist Church, but that St. John the Baptist Catholic Church, I, there's actually a place called that. Uh, talk about confusion. John the Baptist. John chapter 1, verse 29. And next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and says, Behold, saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Jesus took away the sins. Now, we did this in basically alphabetical order. Let me just give them to you in uh, machine gun fashion. He atoned, he became, he bore, he cleansed, he condemns, he forgives, he gave himself, he offered one sacrifice, he propitiated, he reconciled, he remitted, he removed, he suffered, and he takes away our sin. Uh, by the way, is there anything else that needs to be done? No. And many of these terms do overlap in their scope and what Jesus Christ has done. But uh, there is definitely an understanding here that God deals with the issue of sin. And the reason why we've gone through this is just to remind you and I, we need to deal with sin. God most certainly did. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the work and all the effort you have put into this thing in dealing with this issue called sin. We ask that you would make us diligent in our own hearts and lives to be obedient to your word and simply trust the finished work of your Son, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, we just want to give you an opportunity to come spend a few moments at the altar.